Welcome to the City Confessions. I'm Marianne Yip, a native New Yorker, and I'm here to discuss all the thoughts that go to the minds of people living in New York City. Since I'm a native who was born and raised in a city that never sleeps, I come across people who are constantly in a rush. I would like to take a moment to sit down and talk about what's on their minds and what keeps them up at night. So sit back and let's dive into these confessions of people I know and people I just met. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the next episode of the City Confessions. Today, I have Adrian Bermeo. He is a contemporary painter from Queens, New York. So I'm so excited because I love meeting a native New Yorker. So hi, Adrian. How are you? And welcome. Hey, hey. No, thanks. Uh, thanks so much for having me. I'm, uh, I'm happy to be here. So this is, this is a cool experience. Why don't you introduce yourself to the listeners? Tell us who you are what you do, and what your relationship is with New York City, aside from the fact that you were born and raised here. <laughs> nice. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, regardless, yes, I uh, I am a, a Latino paint, painter or Latinx painter uh, from Jackson Heights, Queens, born and raised. Um, I'm actually uh, talking to you now from my apartment in, uh, in Jackson Heights. And um, I'm basically just a guy that uh, has been painting since he was a little kid, and I have been doing other professional things along the way, but painting has always been a focus or a background or um, a relief uh, for for everything that I've been doing throughout my life. And I think in the past couple of years, I've been taking it a lot more serious. So um, definitely painting has been uh, bringing me to new circles and uh, new new parts in my life that I'm, I'm happy about. And, um, yeah, you know, I, uh, my origins are in graffiti. Uh, I, I always, you know, have to give it up to that. And, um, you know, I grew up on the seven line. I don't do it as much as I did before. I didn't even, you know, I, uh, yeah, I don't want to say too much about that side. <laughs> but, uh, I already but, knew it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I already but, knew where you were getting into, not to cut you off. But yeah. just one quick thing for those who don't know, like graffiti is such a big part of New York City, especially, you know, certain neighborhoods that are very yeah. art heavy, it's especially also exactly in the subway line. So I guess my question to you is, do you remember that moment where you were fascinated by graffiti and did you automatically know that that was something you wanted to pursue? Um. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I just know that you know, at least coming up in public schools in New York, like you're always around it, and kids are always you know tagging on their desk or in the bathroom and stuff like that. I feel like, at least for me, that's how it started, just creeping in to my life, and uh, and I think I've had my name ever since uh, 2003, so it's been a while, um, and you know. I, uh, for me personally, I, I do have artists in my family and, uh, I have one older cousin, uh, named Kali Ting that he is a really good, um, you know, uh, artist in realism. He's, he's really good at doing murals or 
sceneries, landscapes. He even paints cars. He's done he's done things for uh, a lot of different uh, commercials and things like that. He's he's a really good painter with airbrush. Um, and I remember there was a New Year's that I had a little sketchbook, and I would always name my characters or or kind of title the scene if there was like a battle of like aliens fighting each other. I would always title it. And but the letters I didn't care so much about, and he just he just showed me a very simple black letter um, way to approach that. And I don't think he knows, but that that kind of put me more forward and focused onto the letters. Then I started caring about the letters in my sketchbooks more than the characters itself. So um, it, it became like a hand in hand thing, and that's that that kind of started the the train that was going. That is really interesting because I feel like graffiti in itself is a very self-taught art form or I guess niche or interest. So I guess for you, he was able to kind of show you the road, but then I'm assuming you were able to take it upon yourself to figure out what, what your unique take is on graffiti. And I know now you have... I guess elevated that that artwork into other more abstract painting, correct? Yes, no, uh, very well said. Yeah, and um, and just the last things with with graffiti, you know, uh, everybody has a different experience with it, um, but it is like a self taught thing. But I I wouldn't have gone as far as I went or did as much as I did without my crew. So this is like a Jackson Heights thing where uh, I started hanging out with. Uh, childhood friends, new friends, we were all tied together in this underground kind of world. So, so uh, it uh, it became a thing where you know, uh, if we were hanging out, that's that's something that would that would happen. So, um, it, it's definitely a cultural thing, yeah. And I do, I always, um, I always, you know, reiterate that New York is the birthplace of hip hop and everything like that. So, graffiti is one of the four pillars of hip hop. So, I. Uh, I, uh, I'm happy that, you know, it happened to me. I feel like it was inevitable, but, you know, different circumstances, that's what, that's what got me going into that. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and knowing that you have such a passion for it, tell me how you were able to pursue it in a way where now it's, I must, I mean, do you do this full time? Yes. Um, I try to. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it, it's good to have a it's good to have a part time or or a, like a nine to five. Uh, mm-hmm. But I I do present myself as a full time artist because I I do do it a lot and uh, I have um, workshops and things like that that are, that have that have been you know popping up and trying to be more uh, versed in that. But um, can you repeat the question? I'm sorry. <laughs> I guess my question was when you were finding your love for it and really honing in on your skills. Right. How was that transition like when you, you know, had had it in your in your mind? Okay, how can I strategically position myself in a way to now not only be recognized as a respectable artist, but one who could potentially sell artwork and you know essentially make a living off of this? Yeah. This. Um... And again, this this is just good advice to anyone who's listening. But uh, this is what what happened with me. Um, obviously, I was always drawing and and doing my things privately, like at home. Um, but then once I wanted to, I guess, uh, cross that bridge, um, I was trying to look for places where I could I could just you know 
collaborate or find a studio or something like that. And I really think that, um, you know, if if the money is right, uh, getting a studio or joining like an arts collective or something like that, where it's a bunch of like-minded people, people that you don't know, people from different backgrounds, different walks of life. And, you know, um, I guess exploring that and pushing yourself to be in that kind of world. If you, if you do want to be an artist, you do have to just um, say yes to life and just, you know, expand in that way. So if you stay in the same place, you know, in the same pond, you're just going to keep swimming around in circles. Like you're not going to go anywhere. But if you, uh, if you seek the ocean, it'll be there. So, uh, so I, I, yeah, so I, um, I remember, I think I want to say like 2000, uh, 2015, 2016. That's when I started, uh, uh, I, I was already a part of this collective, but then I started really, uh, using the studio space and it it's it was that was the strategic thing because it helped since I was in a neighborhood in Lower East Side where I'm around a bunch of galleries I'm able to uh, mingle and talk to people and also it was it was very um, organic to say hey if you want to check out my art my studio is just a couple blocks away so that that helped me a lot. I absolutely love that story because mm-hmm. I feel like well first of all I grew up in the Lower East Side so. You know, hey. shout out to the LES. Yes. Yeah, I'm, um, <laughs> I'm there. I'm there more than Jackson Heights now. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah, do you know pianos? Studio. That's like yes, where I, yes, right, yes, right I yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I always use that as like the reference point because all of like my native New Yorkers know. But yeah. going back to what you were saying, I I think the larger message is very powerful because oftentimes there are things that I think a lot of people want to do. And of course, there's going to be these external forces and just things that seem to be holding us back. But Mm -hmm. somebody once told me as an example, kind of like what you were saying about the pond and the ocean. But let's say uh, using New York as an example, right? Like my favorite neighborhood or one of my favorite neighborhoods is like West Village, Gramercy Park. I just think it's so stunning. It's so charming. And Mm -hmm. as we know, it's really expensive to live there. But somebody was saying, you know, if you envision yourself being there and you can have like the shittiest apartment, but still be in that location, you are already positioning yourself in in what is what that environment is like right what is everything that comes with it and even if it's like the shittiest apartment Mm -hmm. for some reason just placing yourself right physically it then attracts everything else that that your vision um aligns with Mm -hmm. and then it's like the steps of like okay you you're you position you have positioned yourself in it now how can you then grow how can you then build this future and then of course like get a nicer apartment it's always about like making your way up there but I do believe just as simple as that sounds like putting yourself in that situation is the first step in truly launching your future if that makes sense yeah that's like what I'm hearing from what you what you mentioned before yeah no and that's that's why I I uh, attributed to I guess some advice because I do know some artists that I know I, I know some artists that I think are even way great, greater than than I, but they're just not. I guess some people are a little too timid or bashful. Mm-hmm. Or they just don't. Uh, they don't throw themselves into the ocean like that. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's it's good to yeah envision yourself or say hey you know if I want to be around this I have to physically 
be around it you know mm-hmm. it, don't talk about it be about it I always say exactly. that so yeah so um so I just I like uh I like being in the Lower East Side not only because of the galleries and stuff because that can be kind of a, a sharky environment but um but I just like the area because it's, it's different from what I grew up what I grew up in so I mm-hmm. I'm I've been enjoying it and I and I did hear the Sour Mouse episode with Aaron Ho and I, I've been there a bunch I actually have some art up in that space I was just going to allude to that yeah. so thank <laughs> you for the smooth transition but yeah. how did you come across Aaron and Sour Mouse I mean as you know he is also a I guess LES uh, local native um yeah. so how did you come across that and I do also know Sour House I mean, Sour Mouse, no. uh-huh. um, they they truly value, well, I, I literally spoke to him. I had a whole episode dedicated with him, but he, yeah. he truly values supporting local artists, supporting that community feel. So how did you discover them? And and then walk me through, I guess, what is your relationship with them now? Yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's a good connection because, um, so as I joined this uh, arts collective, it was called Con Artists. Uh, collective uh, at the time and um, it was on Ludlow between uh, Delancey and I want to say Stanton yeah mm-hmm. and um, and so it was a nice a nice little arts collective and I met a lot of different people a lot of different types of uh, mediums of art and some of those people even though the I guess the band broke up um, we all still stayed connected and um, and um, you know, the location had to move and everything like that. And some people uh, just had to do their own thing, which is totally understandable. But I still stay connected with a bunch of the artists. So um, there was a, a curator and an artist friend, uh, Brie, who I, I'm forgetting her last name, but she she was another artist from my collective that I joined a few years ago. And she said, hey, you know, we're we're trying to do some shows and we're curating some things in this cool new space that's opening up. So that's how it all started. And like, I, I'm the type that if I, if I get invited to do something at like a restaurant or a venue, like I'll show up the day before unannounced. Like mm. I'm, I'm crazy like that. Yeah. So I'll just be like, Hey, what's up? Like, I'm gonna be here tomorrow, you know? And they're like, Oh, Hey, but it's, it's really because I, I want to visualize and see the space so that I don't walk in a little, you know, disoriented. Like I already know what I'm going to do. So I, um, I went there the day before and, and it was nice because, you know, it was it was quiet. It was very chill. I got this, you know, I got to speak to all the people that were involved in this art battle. That's what it was. And um, and that's how I met Aaron. And ever since then, you know, I always I always stop by because it's um, Sour Mouse is really not far from my studio. It's just like it's like a five minute walk, if that. Talk about preparation. Look at you. Yeah. This is how you. This is how you differentiate yourself from other people. Thank I love you. that yeah. you have your own, you know, ways of of introducing yourself, of showing up in the world. I think that's so so important, and I think that is a lesson in itself. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't win the battle though, but still, it was fun. <laughs> it's all good. You <laughs> no, showed no, up. But, yeah, yeah, but it was, but but it, it was a great time. Yeah, and a lot of friends, uh, and even people. So since you know we're we're talking and recording around the pandemic uh so mm-hmm. so a lot of people uh that came to that battle are some faces that i haven't seen in in a long time even way before the pandemic uh but definitely you know a lot of familiar faces that i used to always see in les or other artists i haven't seen for over a year so a lot of people showed up to sour mouth and i feel like the first art battle or around that time um 
in I want to say it was in February. Um, it uh, in 2021, it was it was a good you know it was a good flag to wave like hey this is a spot where you know we have artists here and we're not just doing that we got music we got this and that now they're doing uh stand up comedy so i uh i like that space and i hope there's much more in new york like to me that's not a a gentrifying place you know it's something that's contributing to the neighborhood like and as a native that's that's all i want man <laughs> yeah i think what saramas does excels and is truly maintaining that Elias uh, vibe. I don't know how else to explain it, but they really have it down packed, which is something that I also really admire. And I would love to know throughout your career thus far, when have you felt the most proud? Uh, the most proud? Hmm. What is one I, of your highlights? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. I... I've had had some some really nice shows that I I look back on and I'm happy that I did them, you know, uh, because of mm -hmm. the venue. Um, I think. Damn, let me see. One thing that I did uh, throughout the uh, during the pandemic is that I I donated some paintings to uh, Elmer's Hospital, which is really close to my house, and. Um, it was just, it was gonna be an auction. And if it sold, it was gonna raise money for like equipment and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, so I think the most recent thing that I'm, I could say that I'm very proud of is that I I contributed, contributed or helped this nearby hospital that I grew up around my whole life. And now like they're calling me and asking me or inviting me again to, to be a part of something. And this might be an annual thing, but uh, I'm just, it's kind of shocking just to look back like, whoa, I used to pass by this hospital when I was a little kid um, or when I was playing handball across the street. And now I'm I'm kind of contributing or, or doing something bigger, you know? Um, no, that's really amazing to hear. I, I think yeah. people forget or they have this misconception that, you know, yes, New York in itself is huge and there's like tons of people, there's crazy people and, and, you know, rude people. But I think more than that, within each borough and within each neighborhood, there is definitely this sense of community. And yeah. I can just tell from just speaking with you for the past like 20 minutes that you you have a soft spot for that. And I'm not sure, you know, if it's, it was due to your upbringing or just the fact of of the culture that New York it has taught you. I'm not sure, but yeah, yeah, the community feel goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love Jackson Heights. And, um, as you know, it's always inevitable to end up talking about gentrification when you're mm -hmm. in New York mm -hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm, I'm seeing it happen here. So I, uh, I'm just, I'm thankful. I'm happy to do stuff for the community, you know? Um, and I, I, I want to keep doing that. And sometimes I, I'm almost a little scared because I, I feel that if I if I bring almost too much or if I flood Jackson Heights with with art, let's say I I you know I've been having this idea where I just want to commission some dope artists to do murals in my neighborhood, but I feel like that would bring the wrong kind of tourism. And once sometimes when art comes, then all the fancy spots and everything changes, the dynamic changes. Mm. 
So it's almost like a double-edged sword. I'm like, damn, I, I want, I want to, you know, be proud and accentuate Jackson Heights, but on the other hand, I don't want it to lose its flavor, you know. And the flavor is so many different countries around the world. Like it's not just whites. It's 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 everything, you know. So um, I just don't want that to happen. And like I just lost a movie theater across, you know, really close to my house. Now it's like mm-hmm. now it's a it's a Target slash Starbucks slash Chipotle <laughs> slash. Of no, course. this is real. Like I, I'm I'm no, going I'm, I'm going I'm down the surprised. list. Smash yeah. Burger slash uh, Chick Fil A, all all those five commercial things. Oh my god! Um, and they took out like a, a movie theater and like four little local businesses like on this one corner, and uh, it's all commercial, you know. And my my area is like very very Mexican Colombian. Like, why do we need a Chipotle? There's like a million real <laughs> Mexican restaurants and taco trucks. Like, who needs a Chipotle? Yeah. Oh my god, that's yeah well my other question was going to be what keeps you up at night and i don't know the chipotle you... the freaking yeah. chipotle man no uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm i'm sorry finish finish but it's not far from that uh, continue. <laughs> no i was gonna say I, I feel like you somewhat or alluded to that just saying seeing the neighborhood change right and and yes. feeling really proud of where you grew up or or just like your environment and then potentially seeing that that literally can be like completely different just in a few years so yeah yeah I mean what can we do though (laughs) well yeah so I guess what keeps me up at night is that um and this this has been a conversation even before COVID this has always been a conversation because I I feel that after Manhattan Manhattan is definitely the beginning of tourism and everything like that I've worked like seven years in hotels, by the way, that's my nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do care about tourism and I like all the touristy New Yorky things. I, it's not just, you know, um, for my business to keep it up, to keep up on that, but I, I genuinely like it. I like to, you know, go on, go to shows or, or know what's the new parks or the new tours that are happening and, and connect and network like that. Um, so I, I dig that, but I think that the biggest thing is, you know, cultural appreciation over cultural appropriation. I heard that not too long ago and, and that really stuck with me because I realized that a lot of people move to New York and uh they they kind of try to they, they try to make it like like home or where they came from. And you could do that to a degree, but you have to uh blend with everything else you know new york is a sexy box of crayons so you can't you can't uh you can't just you 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 know you can't move into harlem and get mad that somebody's smoking on your stoop Mm -hmm. you can't you can't go to a spanish neighborhood and get upset that they're, they're playing music too loud and call the cops you can't like you know you can't do that because that's that that's that hasn't been done for hundreds of years probably and it's like whoa like what are you what are you doing you know i'm exaggerating but but um i just i just what keeps me up at night is that as people keep coming in native new yorkers are becoming scarce Mm -hmm. and i don't know if that happens with you but for me you know it doesn't happen in my neighborhood because everybody is almost all from the neighborhood but if i go to brooklyn which to me is like ground zero of gentrification uh that's 
you know, every time I meet somebody, I, they're like, oh, so where are you from? And I say Queens. They're like, but like born and raised. I'm like, yeah, like that's where I'm from. Like that's what I, that's what I said. Born and raised. And 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 they're like, wow, like I never met a native New Yorker, and then they lived in New York for like a year or two. You're so, so right because let yeah. me tell you. First of all, I already love like your vibe and energy because I think, to be honest, out of Thank all you. my guests, even select a few who are considered or I don't want to say consi- are considered as if they're not they are native yeah, yeah. <laughs> I still don't feel like they they have like we are like a, a completely aligned of course yeah. there's, we all have different personalities but that is so so true and I think that is what motivated me to start this podcast because I was not aware of how rare it was to be born and raised in New York City like I remember people would always be like you know they consider us unicorns like wait, yeah what? that's the word unicorns yeah. i almost I, I almost said it yeah that's crazy <laughs> no and i was like wait what and then i started to really embrace it and i think nowadays all my friends know me and i'm very much like such a proud city girl and like i feel like there are definitely times when i question you know New York, for sure. I think we all have those moments where it can be very yeah. overwhelming. But, you know, that quote is that you can take the girl or the guy or whatever out of the city, but like you can't take the city out of them. Like, there's just yeah. no way. It's in my blood, for sure. And it just speaks yeah. volumes of how, what an impact, I guess, you know, New York City has on us rare humans. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I do see it as a rare thing. And I'm always, I'm always shocked at, at a two things one is that everybody always wants to compare a major city to new york Mm -hmm. it's not it's not the other way around i'm sorry sorry guys it's not the other way around no one's comparing new york to something else everyone's comparing something else to new york because new york is just you know the best yeah (laughs) there's a lot of things man like we have the un here you know uh the the world trade center is here you know um Mm -hmm. and i you know even even the the ships that came to America that just brought all the the ethnicity and everything like that. It wasn't through Ellis Island, which is where in New York City. So like mm-hmm. th- this is this is why New York City speaks the most languages in the country. It's it's not a it shouldn't be like a, a science project. But um but I just uh yeah I I always I always notice that and and one thing that I um because I did live in East Village for a short amount of time mm-hmm. and I was like seeing it firsthand all the the you know the NYU kind of people and 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 you know just the people that that move in and then in, in two months they think that they they run shit you know I uh, I I always detest that um, I would never go to Thailand and be like oh yeah like I'm from Thailand now you know um, mm-hmm. I would never mm-hmm. do that so I would always ask people because obviously in New York everybody's from somewhere else it's very rare like you said to find another native New Yorker mm-hmm. and um, and when I would say, hey, you know, so where are you from? In small talk, they would say, oh, I live here. And I said, yeah, yeah, cool, cool, cool. But my question is, where are you from, though? Mm-hmm. I, I live in Brooklyn. Like, I live in Brooklyn. Or, like, I live I live down the street. I'm like, okay, cool. But, like, don't you have any pride of where you're from? You know? Mm-hmm. So, and I understand why New Yorkers would, would have pride. Or, you know, I, I hope we do. But um, it's... Uh, it's crazy how people will try to try to flip it, you know. So mm-hmm. um, absolutely, I was just like, you know, if you're from 
Boston, it's okay. Like, be from Boston. If you're from Ohio, that's what's up. Like, you know, there's, if you're meeting so many people from outside of New York, why are you trying so hard to be, I don't know. It's, it, it's, it's, it's strange to me. It's a little strange. It's an identity mm-hmm. crisis kind of thing. Like, it's weird. Yeah, somewhat. But I think, you know, f- for us, you know, being so lucky to be born and raised here, it's just one of those things where you just give it to them. And you're like, you know what? <laughs> if it makes you feel good, because I do think this city is very attractive to a lot of people, you know, and, and when they get here, yeah. they really want to basically immerse themselves in, in that New York culture. So I just let them yeah. be. <laughs> Yeah, which is fine, you know. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I've definitely seen, and and I I applaud a lot of people that like come, uh, to New York and just get it done. Also, there's a there's something good on Netflix, uh, with, uh, the writer Fran Lebowitz, and it's called mm-hmm. Pretend It's a City. I don't know if you if you heard about this one or saw it. No. Um, but it's good because you know it's uh, Martin Scorsese is is this writer's friend, and he just he basically just interviews her. Uh, and films her in different parts of New York, and she's just talking about um, her her life story, but also her beats and her happiness with New York. And I just like it; it's really well done. But one thing she was saying was that you know, there's a lot of people that come to New York, and they because they don't know how hard it is, they just do it and they achieve it. Whereas native New Yorkers, we know how tough it is, so it's almost crazy how some native New Yorkers get stuck in the pond or, or, you know, they, they, uh, I, I feel like, you know, even though I'm happy that I'm doing things in the art world, um, I've seen people just come and like within two years, they're already like killing it. And I'm like, well, how the hell did that happen? Where, mm-hmm. Whereas I'm like born and raised here. So it's, it's, it's a little strange, but like, I applaud it, but it's, it's something where, you know, uh, people come here and like they own it and they do it and I'm happy for that. And, but they're not, there's no, you know, there's no homage to what New York is or they, you know, there's people that just don't know or care about what, what it is, what is New York, you know, Mm -hmm. everyone has their own New York. Yes. But, but uh, it has to be a collective or shared, I guess. Um, Yeah. It's a, it's a it's a heavy topic for me. Uh, this all started with what keeps you up at night, and and that's, that's definitely <laughs> what it is. Yeah. No, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So what I was going to transition into is my the name of my podcast. It's called The City Confessions, and since you yes. already have heard Aaron's episode, you know what's coming. But I would love for you, Adrian, as a native New Yorker, as somebody who was born in Queens. What can you share in terms of a confession? And I think, well, first, let me preface this by saying there's no good or bad or right or wrong. Obviously, there's no judgment here. I think it's a fun and light. (laughs) I think it's a fun and light question. But also, you know, it's my third year doing this. So I have received a wide spectrum of answers ranging from something that's, again, very light on the surface and then something deeper. So whatever you're, you're comfortable sharing and however you receive this question, but yeah. Adrian, yes, <laughs> yeah. if you were to share a city confession, what would it be? Um, hmm. I, I might say like to uh, a quick one, uh, a confession with me is that I, uh, especially if I'm like sitting alone at 
a bar or a restaurant or something like that, having just like a beer or whatever, I I really, really, really listen to conversations. <laughs> like Tell I, me all. I yeah, yeah. Nah, I don't know. Like I, I get the whole thing, man. I, like I, I piece it together. I feel like a detective, but I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting next to him or looking at him or anything, but I'm just, you know, right, right. sipping my beer, whatever. But I, but if I hear something uh, really bugged out and outlandish, I'll write it down. And, and oh, like overheard from New York or something. Yes. Yeah. And I think Time Out does something like that where, you know, yeah. you, you could submit those things, but I just do it for myself. And I, and I mm -hmm. like, I like, uh, hearing just hilarious things or crazy things and I'm like whoa what what does that mean and, and I just <laughs> and I'll and I'll write it down you know and uh there was a there was one time where it was like a, a bunch of middle-aged women having drinks and one of them said you know all our friends are either divorced dead or Sagittarius and and uh, I was like all right like that's what it is you know um I love that because I'm thinking now like how many embarrassing things have i said in public <laughs> oh shit it's it's so many it's so many yeah, and especially when it's taken out of context you know it's like what mm -hmm. you yeah, know exactly some guy it's was all like about you the know context. yeah so uh this this some guy was like oh you you never supported my trip to europe and she was like but i bought you the ticket and i was like what the fuck is going on yeah so uh <laughs> um oh yeah so i like things like that so that's that's i think i'm gonna leave it at that for now mm -hmm. uh that's that's my uh my biggest uh confession <laughs> i guess and sometimes i forget what i wrote so so when i see it in my little sketchbooks or something i i read it and i'm like what is this and then i have to remember like oh this this is what this person said yeah that's so cool i mean obviously this is the first time i'm hearing you know, this type of confession, but it is really interesting. And I feel like it makes me more mindful. I mean, I'm such a people <laughs> watcher and I definitely do eavesdrop, but I feel yeah. like I'm not always alert because sometimes when I'm like, well, I'm never really in the bar by myself, but if I'm in a coffee mm. shop, I'm, I'm definitely in my own world. Like I have my, yeah. my, my AirPods on, like I'm always doing something. So yeah, yeah. I could just put that on and, you know, not listen to anything <laughs> yeah yeah and i just I, I, I like it yeah because I, I like to even if it's like a new a new bar or restaurant that i could like check out i'll i'll do it just to see it um mm -hmm. and yeah sometimes i'll sit down and like just listen but i like people watching too i like i like people watching in uh um in the food court of grand central Mm, and I'll just one. get yeah I'll just get like a coffee and a croissant and I'll draw or something and I'll sit down and just watch everybody rush to their train <laughs> and everybody's just running and like tackling each other in suits and like you know it's uh it's interesting you know and then you know there's nice families there too <laughs> <laughs> yeah something to look forward to when things actually get back to like normal normal like rush hour yes but um yeah, well, I want to take a moment now to send you gratitude because I know we had some technical difficulties. Yes, before. that was my other confession. <laughs> I had to restart my computer, yeah. Yes, we. I know nobody actually knows what happens before I click record, but it's all good. Also, yeah. people think, yeah, people are going to think I'm crazy, but whatever. Your episode is not going live until... Uh, well, June 29th, I believe, which is the end of Mercury Retrograde, but... 
We Ooh. are currently in Mercury retrograde as we record, so that's why I wasn't even stressing when when you were getting technical difficulties because it was nice. very much expected and aligned with all of that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, whatever. I'll just I'll just chill here be- while he gets his shit together. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I had to. Yeah, no, no. I was I was bugging out. I was like, damn, because I, I I tried to be early and then everything yeah. just the dominoes <laughs> fell. Um, yeah, but it's it's all good. We we got it done. Yes. Okay, so two more questions. So yeah. my second to last, right now it's time for you to plug away. I'm going to leave all, all of your information in the show notes, but do you all, okay, actually let me rephrase that. Are you currently working on anything that you can share? So mind, keep in mind that this is coming out the, the end of June. So what can the world be on the lookout from you, Adrian, in July for the rest of the summer, 2021? What can you reveal? Um, plug away. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, well, yeah, regardless, you know, my last name is uh, Bermeo or Bermeo NYC. So on Instagram, you could always find me at B-E-R-M-E-O-N-Y-C. Um, and um, lately, aside from doing gallery shows, I have been doing a lot of workshops, which are really fun. And basically, I would equate it to a sip and paint, but just a little more sexy a little more fun <laughs> and um and we're we're all getting together and i provide all the materials the drinks and everything um i usually do the tickets through eventbrite and we uh we all just come together and it's it's really more about the interaction and expressing uh your thoughts or your feelings on whatever topic that i propose so everybody leaves with a completely different piece. Uh, we're not, we're not, a, it's super, you know, freehand, um, however you're feeling, you know, ex- experimental, uh, sharing brushes, sharing pain. It's, it's not a, you know, red goes here, blue goes there, yellow goes there. It's, <laughs> it's, it's more, you know, it's deeper than that. And so I, I just did one uh, very recently and it, it, it was really great. It was like 25 of us. We had a great time. And uh, I'm going to continue to do that maybe twice a month. So by the time this airs, you know, uh, through my website or on my on my Instagram, you could always see uh, if there's a next one up ahead. And um, and I am planning to try to do a show in August. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know exactly where, but uh, I would like to do a solo show. And um, I'll totally, uh, you know, have that information on my uh my links in the bio uh through ig but i uh yeah i'm I'm currently trying to work something out where i have a nice big solo show and we'll have some live music and have a good time i always like to incorporate music in my shows so uh so yeah i think in august there, there'll be something like that that sounds so much fun yeah and... you're totally invited yeah yeah count me in and mm-hmm. then my last question, of course, speaking to not a native New Yorker, is if you can thank New York City for one thing, what would that be? Mm. Um, I think I would thank New York. I would thank New York for public transportation. <laughs> Nah, think about it, man. Some places don't have that. So, no, I know. It's very yeah. true, though. <laughs> but the reason why is for a few reasons. One, you know, it... Uh, Gets it you from point camp- A to point B. 
Yeah, you know, but also it was my canvas of expression back in the day, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But another thing is that, you know, if you if you have a 24-hour uh, transportation that's, you know, less than $3, um, and you could go anywhere in the city and you could meet friends and do this and that, you know, it, it, it was just, I understand, you know, if you have a car, you could do that too, but I, I feel like with, with this, uh, you could still go out and have a good time and not worry about driving. And, um, and sometimes it, you end up having funny stories and crazy things that happen in the subway or on, on the train or whatever. And I, uh, I always grew, grew up, you know, admiring trains, but I think, uh, you know, one thing that I can't, I haven't experienced in, in other places, you know, it's, it's just, uh, how how good and reliable actually even though it's not always reliable but it's 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 pretty it's pretty up there uh for you know getting from a to b and um and i have no problem taking the train you know as a guy obviously it's different but I, like I, i'll i would take the train at all times of day and you know if i gotta go there okay if i go here boom and i'm i'm one of the few native new yorkers that don't mind crossing boroughs because some people <laughs> like to get stuck in their borough and I feel like that's just another pun right there. But I, uh, I, I like to get around it, and I do it a lot on the train. So I, I think I'm gonna say that. That's the first thing that pops in my head. No, I love that. I actually feel like after hearing you speak about your love for tra- public transportation, it it does make <laughs> me feel like I've taken it for granted for sure. And now I do, do take like I'm having a moment where right now thinking about all the stories and just experiences that have been made possible through the MCA. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Brought to you by the MCA, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh my God. Okay. Well, I hope you all enjoyed this episode. If you didn't really understand yeah. it, don't worry. It's just a native New Yorker talking to another native New Yorker. We have our own little, I guess, I don't even know. It's not even language. It's just like understanding. So yeah, when you said pianos, I was like, oh no, like they probably don't know. <laughs> but pian pianos was a very you know um, pop, a very hip, like, yeah, yeah, hip but grungy uh, music bar venue, and it had it had like three different stages, kind of right, mm-hmm, like three. Mm-hmm. It's so and, much uh, fun. Yeah, yeah. I had a I had a <laughs> I had a friend that threw up there once, like right <laughs> at the bar, like right at the bar, like underneath the <sighs> table, right at the bar, oh. and. And I didn't see this, and the bouncer gets him. And but the crazy thing is that the bouncer got him on such a nice, polite way. He was like, "All right, time to go." And he's like, "Bye, guys." And we we're like, "What happened?" And he's like, "I'll see y'all later." Like, and they both like held hands and walked out together. I was like, "What's going on?" And then I realized, I realized what he did. I was like, "Damn, yo, uh, uh, Josh had a good night, yo." Yeah, it was crazy. Oh, and then we, we yeah. were there for we were there for hours and we left and he was just right outside. I was like, What are you doing? Like you're still here? What the Yeah, they always do that. They're always just yeah. waiting outside the club the bar. <laughs> yeah, so pianos was like that kind of spot. But I, I had some good times. Oh man. Well, yes, to everybody who's still listening, thank you so much for bearing with us. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, I will have all of Adrian's information in the show notes, so be sure to just expand on that. With that being said, thank you, Adrian, so much, and I will talk to you all later. Stay tuned for next week's episode. All right, bye. Thank you, Marianne. Peace out.